1: Well, yeah, you know, I mean, libertarian is basically turned into this term that's about you know free sex and drugs and legalizing drugs and shitting on the cops and everything. And I get it, man. I you know I used to have this idea that hey, if if it's not harming you, it's not your it's none of your business. But I mean, degeneracy does grow the state. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to tell people that degeneracy grows the state if you have people who have if you have people who have to um go into, um you know use drugs to the point that they have to go into you know like a program most of those programs that they're going to go into not everybody can afford to go into the betty ford clinic and things like that you know where uh, they're going into state i mean it grows the state you know it's also like we um Borders. I mean, that's the other thing. It's like I used to be an open. I have episodes I, and I left them up. I have episodes where I argue for open borders. You know, they're in, they're back in my catalog. And you know, there are a lot of arguments about, you know, why you should have closed borders. And Hans Hermann Hoppe, God love him. I love the guy. You know, he has these elaborate arguments about private, how public property is actually the property of net taxpayers and things like that. I'm just like, look, You're talking about Ancapistan. You're talking about building this libertarian society, Mm -hmm. and you're gonna import people who don't know anything about that, don't want to know about that, and are immediately going to start using public resources, which grows the state. Are you retarded? (laughs) What is up,
2: everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness and beyond my hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty and physical and mental well-being i hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests we're on all major streaming platforms so please sit back relax and enjoy Man, I'm doing as good as anyone
1: can do getting buried by his 13-year-old son on plague day. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica. So if that's a problem, kiss my ass. I okay?
2: oh, am.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
2: all right everybody this is in liberty and health episode number 176 and this is somebody that i've really enjoyed listening to talking to and um honestly learning from because he's really shaped the way i look at politics in the world over the last uh couple years uh i have the great pete quinones with me how you
1: doing today dude i'm doing good kyle um a a lot of people will tell you that that's a that's really bad that (laughs) i i shape anyone's thinking
0: you know, yeah.
1: Because well, I mean I, I'm I'm a I'm a grifter. Mm-hmm. Um I I do thing I say things just to um cause controversy so mm-hmm. people will yeah, yeah, it's just all of this cope when yeah. you know people are people aren't looking at the orthodoxy anymore and actually believing <laughs> in it and searching in other places
2: yeah or, or uh you're blackpilled um which i i, I don't yeah, yeah. see that in you as all. Well. I, I just I, I posted about that today on twitter and facebook i just can't stand the fucking black pill mentality that i see out of some people like i i want to slap this shit out of these people because it's like you got one opportunity in front of you to do something go fucking find something to do like i I just – I can never get with the Doomer mentality. And I I think you're the same way,
1: although people uh, will bust your chops about it. Well, what's funny – it's funny you should mention that. My Friday sub stack tomorrow will be about that. It will be about the black pill and, you mm-hmm. know, and why I am not black-pilled at all. Mm-hmm. Um, what people – a lot of people say when they call people black-pilled, those people have in their mind formulated – they they have a way. It's a formula that they're going to get to the liberty that they want. Yeah. And if you don't buy into the formula or if you dare to criticize it, then you're blackpilled because mm. you're not down with their program. And I would never – if somebody disagreed with me and – you know, like if somebody is like, well, what we need to do is, you know, we need to get, you know, just get one president elected. And I was I'm not going to say that you're black belt. I'm going to say that you're retarded. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's like, I mean, it, it's just the way it is. You know, it's the people don't understand. You know, I have in, in 40 minutes, I have a podcast coming out where Tom Woods and I break down um, Pat Buchanan's. 1992 Republican National Convention speech, which is called the Culture War speech, yeah. and he says, "If we don't win the culture, um, if we don't win the culture, we're going to lose." And 31 years later, you can look and see <laughs> we didn't. No, the culture is gone. So, yeah. you know, I'm I'm not saying Pat Buchanan was a or is a, um, you know, a prophet and everything he says is true, but culture is really important. You mm-hmm. go to small towns, you know, I know you're in PA and you know my family's from western my mother's family's all from western PA, been there since I just found out recently since the early 1800s. Oh wow. And the the small town mentality is not what you see on TV, what they're pushing on TV. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, but did is there Are the people in power do they share the same culture as those small town people who just want to be left alone and just want to live their lives no no yeah
2: um i had tommy on the other week and i I read the status to him but i'll kind of paraphrase it um it's funny my dad's actually texting me right now but um you know my family's owned shops here in like creighton southwestern pennsylvania for years and years and years and um it, it like almost brought me to tears because i've heard this same story play out so many times it's really really interesting to me but um a, a customer that had been with my grandfather my dad and then i probably at some point worked on their car had went into my dad's office said hey I, i've seen you grow up and i saw your you know your dad grow up but hey you know i took care of my kids i'm moving to florida now and you know there's just been so many stories like that yeah. and you know i was thinking about moving to florida and I realize that like the network I have here where I, I call my plumber and he's here within two days in my house. <laughs> he, he knows where everything is. Um, yeah, I call my dad and he knows somebody that you cannot put a price on that. And I think that's kind of something that you've really hit on over the last couple of years. And I think that a lot of liberty minded people think that it's all about, you know, politics in maybe one regard but they don't want to acknowledge that you know a a network is much more powerful than any kind of political office you'll ever hold
1: sure you know and it really it wears on me that i've spoken so much about people moving out of cities because as beneficial as it is a lot of people in cities there that's where their family is that's where their whole network is um but I, you know, I honestly believe that if you are going to that first of all cities are dangerous I've lived in yeah. I've lived in New York City um, I've lived in Atlanta um, right outside of Atlanta but close enough and they're just dangerous at this point in time and you know if you're you know, if you're a father if you're a husband, and you have kids, and you have to take care of them. Uh, you know, I tell people get out of cities, and you know, people are like, "Well, you to also talk about culture, and this is where my culture is." Yeah, I mean, that's I get that, man. I struggle with that, but I just don't see anything good. About being in a city, other than being able to like really make a lot of we- you know create a lot of wealth mm-hmm. for yourself, because a lot of people in cities make a lot of money, but it's also really expensive too. I mean, moving to where I do and where I live in Alabama, and even where we're looking to move to, I mean, the the cost of living just is half of most cities. So oh, yeah, like, yeah. So it's like, why would I? Yeah, I mean, I just. Yeah, I'd rather, I'd, I'd honestly rather make less money, um, and live in a town that never put masks on, and mm-hmm. uh, you know doesn't put up with the woke stuff, than <laughs> you know make a ton of money. You know, I, I didn't make a ton of money living in Atlanta, but I made really good money working for the company I did. And benefits, I mean, that's what everybody talks about. Benefits, benefits, the boomer, whole boomer generation of benefits. <laughs> um, that was hard to give up, but mm-hmm. I feel so much safer. And it's like, I mean, I, I know if I leave my front door open at night, the odds of someone's going to walk through it are just really small. And I mean, I don't live in a small town right now. I mm-hmm. live in a college town, but still I feel so much safer than Atlanta, where I mean, I literally... Uh, I used to walk around my house with a gun, Mm -hmm. not because I thought somebody was going to break in, but in case somebody broke in and there was a chance that that could happen, especially after 2020.
2: Right. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. I I can't really uh, imagine that. And like you said, it's it's tough for people because, you know, you don't want to leave behind what you know. And a lot of people, that's all they know is growing up in a fucking city. But like, you know, you got to kind of weigh your options here. And I, it was interesting that you brought up fathers and stuff like that, because um, I think that's something that also a lot of libertarians kind of want to ignore. Um, I, I got into a little tizzy i don't know if you caught it with
1: a uh, ace on twitter because of uh oh, he i i blocked him a long time ago when, <laughs> yeah even when i got the new account he had blocked me before i even got a chance <laughs> to block him so, uh, i mean I, I met him i met him at schilderberg in mm-hmm. may and you know you meet people face to face and it's a different story but you know when somebody is <laughs> promoting the kind of you know When somebody's worldview leads to unspeakable horrors, you know, it's – I mean, what can I do? You know, what can you do?
2: Yeah, and he's a perfect example of somebody, I think, that's just perpetually online. And, like, when he started saving screenshots of shit that I said and posting it and then asking other people for screenshots after I blocked him, I'm like – I don't think sane, normal people do this shit. Like, I think there's something wrong with people who need screenshots of people they don't like. Like, none of these people I argue with on Twitter or anything like that. You guys take up no space in my head. I I, there's so much stuff that I have going on outside of that. Like the the brief interactions that may be bad on Twitter, they're like here and gone. But I think for some people, that's their entire life, and I
1: I can't imagine that being my life. Well, I mean, the only time I really save screenshots is if they're profound, <laughs> re- r- really funny, or like the other day. On, I know why you would, but
2: y- yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, you okay. know, and on, on Facebook the other day, I mean, I had to I- – I saved like 10 screenshots into a folder because the guy was just basically threatening me. Mm-hmm. He was threatening to come and find me and everything like that. And um I mean, it was over. And what's funny is I posted all those screenshots Mm -hmm. and I was like, I was telling people, what did I do? What did I do? You know, I I, I know how I get sometimes I know that I can upset people. And I know that sometimes I go, I push it a little too far, Mm -hmm. but in this case, I just didn't. And the guy just came off like a psychopath, you know, because Mm -hmm. he's just one of these people who thinks he's a lot smarter than he actually is. Mm -hmm. So he responded to me in a word salad, and I was just very pointed with him coming back, and it just, I mean, I lost his shit. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was, wild, but that's, I mean, that, that's it. But, you know, I mean, I've been threatened so many times, and no one's going to, no one's going to come and do anything. No one's going to no one has the resources to come and try and find you. And even if they did have your address, they probably live halfway. I mean, anyone who comes halfway across the country, because you know, of something you said on social media, I mean, this person needs to be put down like a dog when they get here. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. And to think that anybody would really take the time to do that. Like (laughs) I got a wife, I have a band, I have, uh, you know, tons of people I care about greatly. Why would I, want to go somewhere with the intention of heart like i don't care about anybody that i don't like
1: enough to go out of my way to do shit like that so and and, And i and i should have said a rabid dog because i consider most most dogs to be um more valuable to the world than a lot of the people (laughs) i encounter on social media yeah
2: no no i yeah, I completely agree. And one thing that you've always uh, kind of maintained that I liked was that uh
1: you would say this shit to people's face. And I'm oh, the yeah. same way. I'm not well, going I've done it. I've had people I have had people <laughs> confront me, you know, at things and I'm like, "Okay, what?" I mean, what? <laughs> it's yeah. like, I mean, if you want to swing, go ahead and swing, but you know, it's like I mean, most of these people who get really upset and you know, start talking shit. First of all, they're doing it behind an anonymous account. And even if, even if they're not, when you, if you did see them in um, IRL, most of them um, will avoid you, will Mm -hmm. avert their eyes from you. And I've I've had (laughs) that, I mean, I've had that happen, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's one person that I've feuded with a lot over the last like year and a half. And to his credit, when we've seen each other in, um, in real life, a couple of times, he didn't do that. He didn't run away. Didn't, you know, so I mean, there's a level of respect there, you know? I mean, <laughs> not, ta- not talking, you know, not talking and we're not friendly at all, mm-hmm. but at least they didn't divert their eyes and run away.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you could definitely give someone respect for that because at least yeah. they have the balls to actually, you know, look you eye to eye rather than just kind of do yeah. one of those. I've seen so much of that shit, and that's just fucking pussy shit. And, and look, I've never been in a fight in my entire life, but it's because I, I don't provoke people into that. either. that, and I, like – I don't want to get fucking hit. Like,
1: you know, I getting I, hit sucks, man.
2: It, it's you <laughs> I know, I, it.
0: dude,
1: I, it, I mean, it, the worst thing about fights is is that even if you are winning, I mean, you're I mean, I've broken I, I've broken that bone on somebody before. Mm-hmm. You know how much that hurts for the next like month and a half? <laughs> I mean, that night it was like I punched somebody. Mm-hmm. I like I felt it. I felt the crack, put my hand down for a couple seconds, lifted it up, and it had already swelled up like oh. an inch. You know, and who wants to get in fights? And fight the thing about street fights is you get tired so quick. I don't care what kind of good shape you're in <laughs> or anything like that. And uh, you just get you're exhausted right away so if you don't get a couple shots in in the beginning i mean it's just basically you're dancing then like after 10 <laughs> seconds yeah you
0: know?
1: yeah dude fuck that it ain't worth it um <laughs> so i i guess i want to
2: ask this question because this is something that i was actually fascinated in, and um i've tweeted out that i've i think stefan molyneux was right about a majority of shit and the one thing that he touched on that a lot of people are really upset by is race and, IQ stuff, and I've heard the left-leaning people tend to say oh that's all been debunked but they never like put forth any counter evidence to this stuff. And the other thing that a lot of the people who talk about race and IQ stuff is they never say, you know, um your genetics are destiny, right? You're uh like if you're born black or something like that then you're doomed to a life of crime. Nobody ever says that. They just say hey, there are patterns among certain races, certain mm-hmm. groups, and you can make, you know, you can kind of get a glimpse at stuff, but once again, this isn't people's destinies. This is just something that you observe patterns. And so um, I guess the first question is, have you noticed like an increase in
1: hostility since you started kind of touching that sacred topic? Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I had, I, I had somebody comment and it was from... I don't know what podcast it was, but they said that basically I was calling for a white ethno state in, <laughs> e- in the last episode, and I don't think I've ever called for that. I have no, no problem with it. You know, I mean, leftists used to love you know, leftists love Sweden. Yeah. What do you call Israel loves... though? <laughs> yeah, well, a socialist ethno state. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but the um, I, I was looking for this this thing I I had found mm-hmm. and it really, yeah. So there was this woman in St. Louis who was robbed, beaten and stabbed by a 15 year old Somali refugee. Mm-hmm. And they ended up not charging him because his IQ was 49. Holy shit. And you're, yeah. and to think there are people now I know Somalis are the, on average, they have the, I think they have the lowest IQ in the world. Mm, okay. um, it might be, it might be, I might be wrong on that, but it's definitely in the ballpark, in the low three. Um, does that mean every single one of them is, um, if their average IQ is 80, does that mean every single one of them is a violent criminal? No. Oh, no. I don't want them. I don't want somebody whose IQ is 80 as my neighbor, though. <laughs> right. Because, What is IQ about? It's about potentiality.
2: All right, everybody, we're going to take a little break from the show real quick to tell you about the show's sponsors. I am now working with the great Stephen Fox to bring you Fox & Sons coffee. As you can see, I got two bags right here, or for those listening, I was holding two bags. Um, It is organically roasted up in Michigan. If you're a caffeine addict, much like myself, um, then head over to foxandsonscoffee.com to get yourself some of their fantastic coffee. They got a light roast, which I'm holding in my hand. Um, they have the electric boogaloo blend, which is fantastic as well. I just had it this morning. And if you're like me, you like dark roast coffee, which kicks you right in the frickin' face first thing in the morning. Um, they have that for you as well. So head over to foxandsonscoffee.com, use code Kyle K-Y-L-E to get yourself a little discount. Let them know that I sent you and um get yourself caffeinated, get jacked and tan, and do what you gotta do. All right, guys, back to the podcast. Thanks.
1: Mm-hmm. And, well, what is their potential? Also if they're first generation, what did they go through in their life? I mean, how much PTSD do they have? How much they, over bombings, you know? And I know it was the United States who did it. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean anything. It's like, I want myself and my wife to be safe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, I mentioned that when I was going, I, I think I mentioned this on Twitter and on Facebook, that, you know, we're looking for another town to move into. And as soon as we find a house... I find out she tells me what the town is and I go and I look at the demographics mm-hmm. and I'm sorry if the demographics are like Atlanta demographics, I'm
0: not going there. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not going there. I mean, pre- <laughs> Let's say predominantly white towns are less violent than they are than, um, than towns that are like Tuskegee here in, in Alabama. It's 98% black. Mm hmm. That's one of the highest crime rates in the country. Is is it because they're black? Well, I mean, statistics meet out that, you know, anyone who's been on the internet for a long time knows the whole mm-hmm. 13% of the population does yeah. you know, over 50% of the violent crime of 50% of the murder. Um, what's, what's also interesting to me is, you know, I don't call myself a libertarian anymore at all, mm-hmm. um, and libertarians will be the first people to call you out for racism or anything like that. Have you ever been to a libertarian event? <laughs> yep. How many I know exactly people, where you go. <laughs> how, how many black? How many black people and um and Hispanics did you see there? I, I could probably count less than my two hands. I mean, and it's it's not like. I mean, and when they do get one, like Maj Touré or something, some, I mean, mm-hmm. that's the promotion. It's like- They're look, total we, token. We got our token. Yeah. We got our token. I mean, it is, I'm sorry. That's a whole lot more racist to me, <laughs> than, me than me going, I, I was looking at this town in Alabama, which I was earlier today, mm-hmm. and it's 99.41% black. I mean, wh- white. It's ninety nine point four one percent white, and I'm like, if we can get that house, we'll take it. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Of course, you want to you want to visit there. You want to see how poor yeah. it is. Those poor whites can be just as violent as yeah. you know poor blacks. But there was a comment on Twitter yesterday that I thought was uh, under my under my post about. Um, about looking, you know, looking for houses and having yeah. them be and you know, I, really reading this comment, and I think it was I think I actually said it's one of the best comments I ever saw on Twitter. And if you understand Muni bonds, municipal bonds, you will um you'll get this and it's pretty clear. I'm scrolling. I apologize. This no, is no, great okay. podcasting people. <laughs> this is great podcasting people. Um but what this gentleman said was I'm almost there. Almost there. That's okay. It was Okay. He says, I used to build municipal bond portfolios. Now, what muni bonds are is basically towns and principality. um, They sell bonds so that they can pay their bills. And these bonds don't pay a set rate. I mean, I think some of them pay a set rate. But most of the ones, the ones you're going to build a portfolio with will have a variable rate. You know, yeah. So you have a better ch- you know, you you know you're not just making three percent, you have a chance of making 10, 12%. Sure. He says, I used to build municipal bond portfolios and when researching health credit worthiness of a municipality, it was amazing how you could basically skip all the analysis by looking up the demographics. <laughs> Anything over fifteen percent black was marginal. If it got to plus 20%, it was basically unusable. So do I hate black people? Absolutely not. You know, it's
0: like
1: we we all have our black friends. We all have our, you know, friends from other races that even if that race is, you know, has a propensity for, you know, like the inclusiveness of the Asian community, how they don't like to let anybody in. We all Mm -hmm. have those friends and everything. Yeah. Yeah do i want to live in a place that you know in a especially in a, a lower income a place where you have a low cost of living a lot of people move there so they can make their money go further a lot of people live there because they can't afford to live anywhere else mm-hmm. and you know the, people you know and one of the um libertarian things to say is um you know well violence is People being poor is why people are violent. And I'm one of those people who says, let's reverse that a little bit. Let's see. you think people could be poor because they're violent? Yeah. I mean, it's an
2: honest question. And- yeah. Once again, there is a propensity, and it's not just in any specific race, it's a certain IQ that tends to lead towards more violence. And then it's also an age range, too, from what I recall. And, and I've oh, looked yeah. at this oh, shit yeah. in years. But yeah, it's like around the ages of like 18 to 27. And then after 27, people pretty much grow out of being violent. And it's, once again, it's not just black, it's not just white, it's not just Asian. It's, you know, men in the ages of 18 to 27, which kind of makes sense when you think about how high your testosterone is mm-hmm. and how you're trying to define yourself in the world. And then, you know But if
1: you have one group that is overrepresented in violent crime, mm-hmm. that's the one you're going to want to avoid. Right? Mm-hmm. Even if they're all good people, you know, it's like yeah. the, the one this was uh I think it was from two thousand six. Mm-hmm. And I found I actually have the, the actual study on my phone. It said that um homicides per uh thousand white men white men who made under $10,000 a year had a lower homicide rate per 1,000 than black men who made over $85,000 a year and it wasn't even close you could take all of the white men combined who made less than 40,000 a year take their homicide numbers combined and it was still less than black men who make over $85,000 a year, there's a problem and I want to avoid problems. Yeah,
2: and, and once again, it, people are going to interpret that as saying, "Oh, you're racist. You hate all black people." But it's like, no. But you know, is it wrong to have preferences? Because this is kind of what I
1: got a lot of, and, and that's for what libertarians Twitter. are all about, right? They're, they're libertarians <laughs> yeah. about you know, you shouldn't be forced to, you, you shouldn't be, be 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 forced to you know, be with commies or anything yeah. like that. And everything. it's like, okay, well, then expand that out. Where do you where do you stop that? Are you going to force integration upon people? No, it's just they're going to say that you're immoral. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. it. It, it. There's an immorality. I mean, but they, but they don't say that about the Japanese who don't want anybody but Japanese in their country. <laughs> but of course, Brian Kaplan, ding, you know, says, you know, yeah. s- says on Twitter that, oh, I went to Japan and it's just, it's way too, it, it, it the culture is way too monolithic. They need low wage workers from Africa and India to come in there. Well, you know what's
2: interesting? How how
1: about fuck you you and we take care of our own country?
2: Yeah. Well, it's really interesting to me to look at kind of the IQ stuff, especially when you start getting over towards Asian populations because they have a very tight family structure. They have a higher IQ and they have good diets. So all these things combined, it it leads you to question, okay, well, what's, what's the chicken or the egg here? Because I don't think we really know if it's entirely environmental um some people say it could be like 50 50 it's like 80 20 from what i heard like i said i haven't touched this shit in years but um we should ask these questions we should be able to have this conversation Um, i call a lot of flack because i said i don't want to date single moms and i don't want to date black women they're just not attractive to me at least most aren't um (laughs) does that make me racist if it does then I, i guess i'm racist but my wife is white i want you know, obviously I wanted her because we're married now. I want our kids to look like us and resemble us just is what it is. That's my preference. There's some white guys who may have a preference for black women. I work with a dude. I don't care. I don't have a problem with that. But though, once again, if, if you say you have this preference against single moms, against, you know, people of a different race, then now you're racist and you're a piece of shit. I mean, I got all sorts of shit thrown at me for pretty much just saying I want
1: to date a white. Woman who looks well, like me. <laughs> you can make those statements without judging the people who do, right? You know. <laughs> so, and if I remember correctly, because I think I was watching that, I think you did have a little judgmental. You, you you may have said something like, "I don't understand men who would want to, you know, yeah. date single moms or something like that." And then you know, it's like I have personal friends who are married to same, you know, yeah, and, and look, marrying single moms. Yeah, and of yeah. course they're
2: gonna, of course they can get mad yeah and i do not have any personal issues with people doing this but i think where people lose the plot and where they don't understand is that they'll be against feminism all day but they don't understand the root of why we have so many shows where the kids have two christmases and the kids have two dads and now you know you're not the stepdad you're the dad who stepped up and you know we have this whole culture surrounding deadbeat dads and we never talk about the mothers in the situation we always focus on the dads right um Is largely because of feminism and because we've been told from birth that, you know, if you sacrifice yourself on the altar for women, then you're a good guy, right? So, and once again, guys who want to do whatever, if you want to date a single mom, I don't have a problem with that, but just recognize when you know what the latent purpose of this is because you're fulfilling women's sexual strategies which once again that's fine if you want to do that but just don't tell me i'm an asshole for having a preference against that and could i have been more graceful absolutely but um i still stand by the points
1: and if it offends people then you know (laughs) it is what it is no no i understand i mean Hmm. yeah i've um i've uh, i prefer what's funny is i've um I've always said, like, in my head that I've always, you know, I've been attracted to ethnic women, but I've always ended up dating white women. (laughs) I've always (laughs) ended up dating white women. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've, I think I've, I've been with Asian
2: women and women of pretty much everything but a black woman, just because I was never attracted to them or never found one that things worked out with. But, you know, obviously, I ultimately ended up with my wife, who's, just I I I don't even know what nationality is her her last name was Hedinger but I don't know what that's nationality that that is sounds either. German okay yeah it's it's possible her dad's like fucking six foot seven tall so I don't know if that's like German or you know maybe like yeah you got to be like and also that. you
1: got to be careful with that you know.
2: <laughs>
1: you want someone six foot seven to piss you yeah. <laughs> no, he, he's She's like someone the... from western pa <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh no he hunts and everything too i mean the dude yeah, yeah. can can <laughs> shoot a bone kill a deer from fucking yards and yards away he makes really good jerky too so i mean that, that's a uh a, a pretty big benefit but I yeah, yeah like plus <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah dude he's he's like the nicest dude in the world um you know and my my in-laws ain't, ain't too bad but um you know the other thing that people get upset about is when you talk about divorced children as well because i mean this is a preference and we've now just grown up where everybody's parents were divorced my parents were divorced my wife's parents were divorced this is so normalized and it is higher in certain communities and then once again this begs another question is is this contributing to the problems that we're seeing today and i think it's pretty hard to argue that it isn't contributing because i mean like i think it's like a majority of the mass shooters over the last 20
1: years we're from single parents (laughs) i mean come on (laughs) you just made me realize something good i have never in my adult life had a relationship with a woman whose parents weren't divorced wow yeah i just scanned my brain real quick (laughs) Uh uh-huh and wow but
2: think about how absurd that is Uh, how absurd it would have been back a hundred years ago to tell somebody that everybody you dated was Uh, the product of divorced parents and once again this this isn't i'm not condemning all these people we recognize that there was a problem and either the people failed to work through the problem or they decided the problem you know um they, they just they, they couldn't figure it out and i think a lot of this does come down to no fault divorce and once again this is another subject that i just don't think a lot of libertarians talk about is no fault divorce and how this influences women and how it actually grows the government and this was an argument that i was trying to make is that we shouldn't be so supportive and say that single mothers are the greatest thing in the world because what grows the state disproportionately the welfare state and if you're going to sit here and facilitate women's you know, free range of free choices and not saying that they necessarily shouldn't have those, then at a certain point, there are consequences to that. And, you know, now when you have, you know, multi-trillion dollar welfare state every single year, you should begin to ask questions. And if what you're doing is enabling this or helping push us forward towards something that's a little bit more traditional, I'm not saying that everybody has to be traditional, but once again, what's your goal? And my goal is to have a traditional family. So, once again, this is why I've been with my wife for years and years and years. And there were things that I noticed about her and things that I knew about her past that would enable me to consider her as a long term partner.
1: Sure. I think what you're, uh, one of the points you're raising here, and something I can bring up is you know, the yeah. non aggression principle. Mm-hmm. And I think once people take the non aggression principle and push it past like private property, they basically open it up so that th- anything you do in the culture that doesn't directly affect somebody else mm-hmm. um and hurt somebody else is permissible mm-hmm. you know I mean I've had you know libertarians tell me um that you know if there were prostitutes on the corner of every street in their town that that wouldn't change that that's not their problem okay. I'm like well I can tell you a place where that happened a lot in the 1920s and I can tell you what had to be done in order to fix the problem you know and the it, it, and everything has to come down to economics too and that that's a big problem with me for um you know with libertarianism is they pretty much believe that if they started their own society, and the economics was just good, that that would solve a lot of problems. You know, that would solve most. Of, they would say that solve most of the problems that we're experiencing today. No, <laughs> that is. It's basically people who are autistic who don't understand family. They don't understand culture. Right. They don't understand. I mean, I think it's also atheists too. Because any any Christian or Muslim who says that is out of their mind. They, they don't believe in their faith. Yeah. Because just – I've said this too, going back to the prostitution thing. So I don't even think that you – in in order for the culture of a community to be affected – I don't even think those prostitutes need to be out on the streets. I think just having that, you know, having that many people to have to resort to prostitution Mm -hmm. would, you would see an effect on the culture. It would affect the family and that would spread out. That would, that would move out. That would radiate. Mm -hmm. and people will say, "Well, you don't have to have prostitution. You're not as long as the economics is good, you don't have to have prostitution." Okay, so what about child abuse? Right. And yeah, this is a point I've tried to make, and people automatically think they have an answer to it. Is and you know, I think Michael Malice has said this too. I think Michael Malice has said, you know, he's probably the, one of the biggest promoters of anarchism uh, in the world and Zionism. <laughs> <Is> that <laughs> that you sorry. um. It is that um you the biggest problem for anarchism is children. Is mm-hmm. what do you do about children? I mean, if you have somebody who you know, if private property is everything now, if everything is private property, even the streets are private property, and you have somebody who is sexually abusing their daughter on on their property, what do you do? What do you do if it's okay with the mother? The mother is fine with it. What do you do? What if he has 40 acres and a mule and 25 of his relatives have built houses and built, you know, tiny homes on there? So now he has all of his relatives there and they all back him up. I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to send your private police force into there? I'm sorry, the private police force can't go into there. Now you're violating somebody's, you know, property property. And, you know, unless you've seen this happen, you know, I mean, maybe you can make the argument, but it is somebody's property. And basically what you have to do at that point is, especially if the guy has relatives or friends who will pick up rifles to protect him, Mm -hmm. you're going to have to put together your own group to pick up rifles and go in there and stop him. Now, how many people are going to do that for free? <laughs> Not a lot. So you're going to have to, basically you've just reinstituted the government. Yeah, and that is you know so you know my big thing over the past year is, and this is why I think that people want to write papers about me and criticize me, mm-hmm. but I don't think anybody wants to debate me because. And maybe they do. I think it would be a really, really bad idea. Because as far as I'm concerned, as soon as you start talking about your theory of how things work, if you're staring down the muzzle of a gun that I'm pointing at you, your theory goes away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, what's What's the Mike Tyson saying? Everybody's got a plan you know, to get punched, punched in the punched mouth. In the mouth. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I mean, I'm sorry, but we live in a world where the biggest and the toughest they're in charge Mm -hmm. the ones with the biggest army and you can say that's immoral okay then the whole of history has been immoral Mm -hmm. and that's fine if you want to make that claim too but you also have an overwhelming majority of the people on this planet whether they've been brainwashed into it or not who want governments and my goal is and this could be as pollyanna as you know thinking that you're going to have ancapistan one day <laughs> is you have the best government you possibly can mm-hmm. and which is why i'm not you know people want to straw man me and say oh he wants to take over the you know he thinks you can have a good government in washington dc never said that I said, really, honestly, the only way to take care of Washington, D.C. at this point is if a Red Caesar comes up and just basically goes in there and has the army, has the military on his side, and he just starts cleaning house and starts shutting down, State Department gone, Pentagon Mm -hmm. gone, all this stuff. And he basically has – he's doing this with the army protecting him. Mm -hmm. the military protecting him (laughs) yeah but once again how how likely is that yeah oh yeah Yeah. and Mm -hmm. so but what's more likely is you move to a small area small polity that has that's already red. you know i mean i know that they're warmongers i know that they you know they they have blood on their hands and they probably they probably voted for mitt romney oh the horror like, you were always an anarchist or libertarian. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, but you go in there and you put together a plan to, you know, exert as much political influence. Maybe get, I mean, I don't know that I could get elected mayor ever, but maybe get someone elected mayor that that's on your side. Get mm-hmm. a couple people on the school board. The sheriff. Sheriff's more important than anything. No, But you all get, cops are bastards. That's what I keep yeah. hearing. Well, you yeah, whatever. I mean, I used to say the same thing. I mean, it's yeah, so yeah. on. Um, you know, we're literally at the point, and this is literally, I'm using literally, and I'm not using it, as, you know, flippantly. I'm saying literally that if you want liberty, you have to get people in power who are your friends. Mm-hmm. That's basically where we're at. Look at the left. People on the left can get away with I mean, well, and let's not even say the left. Let's say the regime, because there's people... I mean, most of the Republicans are part of the regime anyway. Right. Jeffrey Epstein can get away (laughs) with doing the things that he did. Mm -hmm. Because his friends... Now, they may be his people who he was blackmailing, but his friends were in power. Mm -hmm. Um, Those complete animals that burnt cities, that, that set cities on fire and killed people in the streets in 2020. The reason they didn't go to jail is because their friends were in power. Yeah. The reason why they could be bailed out the same day is their friends were in power. And their friends also had the money and
2: went around and r- unleashed bail. Yeah, I, um, I listened to your episode with that, uh, Tom today, actually, because I, I know you sent out the uh, email for it, but um, oh. it, it, it really kind of had me there for a moment because I, I I forget what part you guys were in the speech, but I realized how the Overton window shifts. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I, this is just no. something that ca- came on to me real quick. Um, How much Overton window has shifted? Because even I say like, okay, these people had a right to be mad about George Floyd. And then always after that is well, but they don't have a right to destroy private property but that tells you how far the Overton window shifted because your initial statement should always be why the fuck are you destroying private property that has nothing to do with anything that happened to you know George Floyd like i get it people are upset but like you have no right to fucking do that once again you know the, the, how much the Overton window shifted is that even conservatives everybody said yeah they should be mad but this isn't the way to do it it should be no <laughs> your ass goes to jail and if you destroy people's property you will be dealt with to the fucking harshest extent of the law that makes me i libertarian once again in a private law society the same shit would happen if you go destroying somebody's business <laughs> you're gonna be fucking dealt with
1: so i no i mean it... the it's the whole morality of the thing is what really upsets me Mm-hmm. And I used to make that argument all uh, all the time, too, is, you know well, we you know we we can't resort to this because it's immoral. I mean, if re- if reality is immoral, just eat a gun, eat a bullet. I mean, because reality is what it is. Mm-hmm. And if you want to exist outside of reality, where you know you're just basically like, Everything that's done by anyone who has any power is immoral. I think – um I don't think Tom will be upset about me saying this, but um he had on – I can't remember her name. She was sweet. I met her in Orlando. But it, it was a lady who got involved locally in Maryland politics and was able to, like, get ma- mask mandates lifted and everything through 2020. Mm-hmm. She just – she figured out how to do it. She researched it. What, what is going to be, the, you know, is, what's going to work? What can we actually use? What leverage can we get to make sure we don't have to do this? And I met her in Orlando. Sweet. Wonderful. Then Tom had her on, like, a couple days later. And he showed me a comment where somebody was like, oh, well, she just used, you know, she's just as immoral as everyone else because she used the system. I don't believe in the How- death penalty, but yeah yeah how, (laughs) how do you do? what do you do with someone like that yeah what do you do with someone like that you know it's like i remember when i was cheering desantis like passing the laws saying that you couldn't um that private private businesses couldn't have mask mandates or mandate you know the shot and everything and people were like well that's not libertarian i'm like i don't care i mean it's your theory your libertarianism is theory it doesn't exist in the real world, and it can't. You know, And this is something – this is why I can't call myself – like people ask me, what are you? I'm saying I'm right wing because it's not a political – it's not an ideology. It's basically a way to live because real libertarianism, real communism, real liberalism, real republicanism, real democracy, they've never been tried. They mm-hmm. can't. The ideologies cannot exist in the real world because they're designed outside of the real world. They're designed in a freaking classroom. They're designed in someone's study where they say, well, this is what this would be the perfect, you know, the the greatest political philosophy of all time. And as soon as you bring that in to the real world, it just boom. Holes just shot right in it. Boom! (laughs) You you can't have it. You can't. I mean, the you know the founders found figured that out right away. They're like, man, the only thing, the only way this is gonna this will survive is if you have if we have um and we have to have a very very moral society. I don't even think that could work. You know, it's like it's just you know the Constitution was basically just to me was them just saying. Oh this is the way the world is right now so um let's put it down on paper let's mm-hmm. codify it on paper and then of course things are going to change you know i mean it's like to to think that you have an ideology that you're going to bring in and it's going to replace what exists now the problem with that is there is no ideology right now it's about power it's about power i wrote it i wrote an article that i sent to a bunch of people I had a bunch of people read it. They love the article. But like no website has wanted to publish this article. And it's about how there is no ideology. And I think I I titled it um, um, Preferences and Power. And basically, what the way you're going to even get a lick of what you want in this world, you're going to have to take power. And then you're just going to have to figure out what preferences do you want. Do you want to get rid of property tax? Do you want to make it so that people could own their property? Like, own it. I mean, like, you could create your own statecraft on it. Okay, that's your thing. That's what you're going to go for. Um, Private, You're going to privatize the schools. That's your only... You can't do all of these things. I mean, it's just not going to work. Whatever you think that you can create... You know, it- it's like the Free State Project. Good luck, man. I want you... I want it to work, but it can't be at the state level. They have to start breaking this down into localities as soon as possible. And, you know, and you're going to have to close the borders. You can't have people coming in who are going to even purposely, you know, you're right next to Massachusetts, one of the worst states (laughs) on the planet. It's like you have to close the borders and anyone, anyone who is you're gonna have to have a right-wing culture you're gonna have to have a culture of morality you know there you know how many people i know that i've been to new hampshire twice i've spoken at liberty forum i've spoken at pork fest i mean there's just flat-out degenerates there yeah just (laughs) flat-out degenerates yeah well you know what's funny is
2: that when you call people out on that they're they get so upset when you say this is degeneracy. And I think this is what grows the state is because you guys have mm-hmm. no preferences. You guys just think you can run around. And it, it's kind of back to what you were saying about the strippers earlier. There's a general ethos there of just unreliability and the fact that you have no control over your own life. So, and, you know, honestly, in my personal life, I enjoy being around all the fucking boomers. I enjoy being around my dad. I enjoy being around all the parts guys and techs that I work with. I, I, don't spend a lot of time with libertarian-leaning people, and you know, shocking everybody in my band isn't a libertarian. I love hanging around these people. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Um, we're going to take a quick break and tell you about the show's sponsors. Um, we are brought to you by Element T Electrolytes. I've been using this stuff for years and what I've honestly found is that if I didn't have electrolytes before some kind of cardio, and sometimes even before workouts, that my workout performance or definitely cardio performance would suffer greatly. Sodium is responsible for every single movement pretty much in your entire body. And let's say you drink a lot of caffeine, (laughs) like I like to do, then um, maybe it is a good idea, like I do every single morning. um, Put some LMNT chocolate electrolytes Um, there in your coffee to get a little bit more sodium, potassium and uh, magnesium in your coffee so that way whatever diuretic effect you get from the caffeine is pretty much diluted by the fact that you put chocolate salt in it uh, also it tastes really really good get some uh, chocolate cream or hazelnut cream or even coconut and uh, mix that all up it tastes really really good so uh yeah make sure you drop by go to drinklmnt.com slash in liberty and health and uh pick you up some electrolytes today all right guys thanks
1: well yeah i mean libertarian is basically turned into this term that's about you know free sex and drugs and legalizing drugs and shitting on the cops and everything. And I get it, man. I, you know, I used to have this idea that if, if it's not harming you, it's not your, it's none of your business, but I mean, degeneracy does grow the state. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to tell people that degeneracy grows the state. If you have people who have, if you have people who have to, um, go into, um, you know, use drugs to the point that they have to go into, you know, like a program. Most of those programs that they're going to go into, not everybody can afford to go into the Betty Ford Clinic and things like that. You know, where uh, they're going into state, I mean, it grows the state. You know, it's also like we, um, borders. I mean, that's the other thing. It's like, I used to be in, I have episodes and I left them up. I have episodes where I argue for open borders. You know, they're in, they're back in my catalog, and you know, there are a lot of arguments about you know why you should have closed borders. And Hans Hermann Hoppe, God love him, I love the guy. You know, he has these elaborate arguments about private pro- how public property is actually the property of net taxpayers and things like that. I'm just like, look, you're talking about Ancapistan. you're talking about building this libertarian society. Mm-hmm and you're going to import people who don't know anything about that don't want to know about that and are immediately going to start using public resources which grows the state are you retarded <laughs> i mean are you stupid and i understand all cops are bastards if you if we're going to close the borders you're going to have to use cops to do it border patrol and there's all you know I know one former Border Patrol agent, really nice guy, left because he thought it was immoral. Um says that a lot of those guys are good guys just doing a job. I think BorTac is a bunch of scumbags. But the um but I'm sorry, you know, it's like you're going to need police. You're going and you're going to need police who can do things. You know, it's like um Carl Schmidt said, um, you know, who's who's in power? It's the person who decides the exception says, okay, no one can murder. Okay, no, I'm sorry, that person can murder. Okay. No one can stop somebody who's traveling on land. You can stop somebody who's traveling on land. Why? Because them coming here does damage. Does damage to the culture, does damage to the economy. And then people, you know, Cato Institute and Reason Magazine and all these retarded friggin' basically progressives you know they they're libertarians who they're really progressives but they're using libertarian libertarianism to get to libertarian ends well to progressive ends which really should yeah. make you question libertarianism um if they can use libertarianism to get to progressive ends right. um but i mean i'm sorry borders is just how do you how do you have order if you if you, If your borders are open and you have no idea, you know, I don't like using the argument of, you know, do you lock your own door, you know, because it's private property. Do you have a fence around you? But think about it. If you want order, you have to make sure that people who are violent, people who don't aren't occupying your space. Okay. So you may have a fence around your house. You may electrify it. You may put barbed wire up. Um, you may fortify your front door, okay? I mean, the same basically goes for the national borders. How do you know that the person is coming over those border, that, that border doesn't mean you harm? And I don't care. I mean, and how many people, how many are you willing to, you say, okay, well, 99.9% of those people are not coming here to do harm. Okay, that 0.01%, they murder people. That's on you mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sorry, you know and people have made the argument, oh well you know you can you can apply that to anything if you're for you know um, no taxes yeah, yeah no I'm sorry. if the person comes into if you are advocating for people to come into this country who you know do a terrorist attack I mean you advocated for that you advocate but your morality oh it was well, how did your morality work out? I think people need to realize that the world is a whole hell of a lot more violent than they actually think it is just because they're still living at home and i'm telling you a lot of these fucking libertarians are still living at home i know it Mm -hmm. because i'll call them out on it and i'll I'll be like you know as soon as you move out of your parents house and when you say that to somebody and if they are married with kids the first thing they're going to say is i'm married with kids what the fuck are you talking about (laughs) They come back. They do not come back with that. They just try to deflect away. Yeah. You know, and that's why I think that, like, people who are still libertarians after twenty twenty, people who are still libertarians after um, COVID. I mean, these are people who I, I, I said it. I think they're people who lived at home during the whole thing. You know, people who didn't maybe did. You know, didn't have jobs because I. <laughs> I mean, I, I took a hit in pay for a few months there and everything, mm-hmm. just because they cut our hours, they shortened hours. So did I. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the, but I mean, I didn't really, I wasn't affected by it. But I also understand that when people around me are affected, you know, and their their income goes down, and you know, their family, they could, their family could break up, their wife might leave them. I mean, that affects the culture. that affects the culture around us and if our culture if we're not protecting the culture around us if you don't under if you're if you haven't gotten to the point yet that you don't understand that the beliefs and the actions of the people who you don't know but live in your general vicinity if you don't realize that they that affects you And will eventually affect you in some way i don't know i I mean i don't know how to explain it it just seems so obvious at this this time when it didn't seem obvious to me at at another you know previous you know so uh, i mean i just I, i don't know how anybody still calls himself a libertarian after 2020. i mean libertarians talk about how we have all the answers Libertarians have all the answers. Yet, whenever there's a problem, when I mean, look at 2020, they didn't, people didn't run to libertarians to ask them for answers. They mocked them openly. Mm -hmm. They said, oh, I mean, a pandemic just completely destroys. I mean, think about it. If that was a real pandemic where, you know, people were coming in from out of the country and bringing something in that would kill, say, 3% of the population. What's three percent of the population, forty-five. Three um, percent of the population would be 3 million, 10, 15 million people, yeah. something like that. Um, do you, do you think people would have panicked? Do you think people would have oh, yeah. now? Now, imagine Ancapistan with no borders. <laughs> How are you stopping that? Yeah, how would you how would you stop that? I mean, the, the, this government didn't do anything to stop it, and I think the reason they didn't do anything to stop it is because they knew that it was just going to affect what they call the useless eaters, mm-hmm. older people, right. um, and they probably wanted that. But I mean, if this would have been a real thing, I mean, could you imagine? It's like I mean, oh well, no. Private companies would definitely, you know, private private companies would definitely be willing to lose money in order to shut down their – Okay. Yeah. Well, what 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 did they
2: do towards the end of 2020 and in 2021? They made sure that, hey, if, if you don't get this certain thing, then you're not gonna be able to come work for us anymore. And yeah. once again, I, I was all for, you know, King DeSantis down there saying you cannot do that because once again, this is now at the point where we're violating people's autonomy. And if that means using the government to stop you know, companies bad actors from doing that shit. Oh, I I don't understand how anybody could really sit there and say this is a bad thing. And like it's ridiculous to think that some people said, oh well just get a different job. Like that's not realistic for some people some people can't just up and go to a different job i'm fortunate you know there's plenty of fucking car dealerships out there but that doesn't mean i want to leave i I, you know Mm -hmm. you have equity in places the the people that you work with sometimes mean a lot to you sometimes you even have family that you're working with oh just
1: get a new job moving a toolbox is just hard enough
0: (laughs) yeah for (laughs) real it's like
1: i don't want to get a tow truck you gotta get a tow truck in order to move yeah dude fuck
2: that so so people are fucking ridiculous um I, i know Get a little bit of a time when it to be respectful of your time uh pete i guess i got a uh, couple questions for you if you're good for it. sure
1: yeah oh well, what does liberty look like to you uh, to me
0: mm-hmm. i mean to it
1: looks it looks like the where i can basically where everybody in my general vicinity has a healthy fear Of each other. And I don't mean that in a way that everybody's on their guard. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just that. And I think that when I think about that, I think more biblically is when I think of fear, like the fear of God is like, it's like a, a, a really healthy respect. A discipline almost. Yeah. A discipline, you know, people who would be willing to, you know, if they see somebody in the neighborhood who's. Not not somebody who's just passing through, but somebody who's lurking and looking at things, they'll take care of it themselves. They'll just start calling people and they'll go, Well, let's go find out what's going on here. Mm -hmm. Don't need, they don't even need the cops. You know, I mean, what does liberty look like to me? Living in a community where you don't have to write down laws, Mm -hmm. where they're just, where everything is just, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) this is who we are. We don't have to write it down. As soon as you write it down, a lawyer can make it mean anything.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Uh What does health look like to you?
1: Health? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Definitely not the United States. <laughs> Fair. I mean, it's... As somebody who is really, really taken to concentrating on their health um and you know, the last six months to a year. And, you know, as you get older, you want to, you know, you're like, you look at people who are, I look at people who are five and six years older than I am, who are basically invalids. Now, I don't want that. You know, if I, if something gets hurt, you know, if I, you know, if I, you know, something that you can't help, something that, you know, a, a crushed vertebra or something like that, I mean, what can you do? But, I mean, bringing it upon yourself. Um, I mean, we live in a country where I think that we, pharma in this country is a bigger provider than, like, most of the rest of the countries in the world combined. Well, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like health to me is to be able to you know, make it to 75, 80 years old, but also have a quality of life. You know, I remember there was this one guy um, um, back when I worked in automotive. He was, a, he, this guy was, I, I, I didn't believe it when he told me. He would come in like every three months or something like that. And he'd walk around and talk to everybody. And everything. So I got talking to him one day. I mean, this guy, he was tall, t- stood up straight. Was, I mean, he was 95 years old. Wow. <laughs> Uh (laughs) and when he told me he was 95 years old I just did not believe him I'm just like you're foolish and he pulls out his wallet and I'm just like like holy
0: crap
1: um health to me is to age and not have to slow down Mm -hmm. nice yeah uh where can everybody find you um the Picañona show all podcatchers don't look for me on YouTube (laughs) (laughs) YouTube, YouTube demonetized me and I'm not going to fight it.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I'll use YouTube for live streams a couple times here and there and maybe put up 30 second clips so that I can point people to Odyssey. Go to Odyssey and look up the Piquinona show. That's where all my videos are going to be from now on. Um, also, I have a Rumble channel, Piquinona show. And um, Substack, stack, Um I've... I, I didn't even really like the idea of Substack when I first heard about it, and now I freaking love it. I, I love the platform. Mm-hmm. I love what they do. Uh, and um, also, the Old Glory Club, that's a bunch of us have gotten together. A bunch of content creators have gotten together to... We created a uh, fraternity, basically. We support each other's work. We do live streams. If you go to... We are on YouTube. If you go to YouTube, you look for Old Glory Club, you'll see america we concentrate it's all about america everything is about america american history current events things like that i did a episode on the ending of the uh of the vietnam war with thomas 777 a couple weeks ago and that was that was a big hit um so check out the old glory club and we have a sub stack too we put out articles as much try to put out at least two or three a week mm-hmm. um so check that out and i think if you if you like my work, um, not everyone is like me. Uh, we all have a different flavor to us, but I think you'll really, really enjoy it. I think people are really enjoying it. So,
2: yep, those are the places. Hell yeah. Well, uh, Pete, this is a fascinating conversation. There were a whole bunch of topics floating around in my head, but um, I enjoyed the uh, conversation the whole way through, so we'll definitely have to do another one sometime. So, Absolutely. yeah, dude, if you've got anything else, we'll uh, close her out.
1: Same, man. Cool. Well, yeah, I mean libertarian is basically turned into this term that's about you know free sex and drugs and legalizing drugs and shitting on the cops and everything and i get it man i you know i used to have this idea that if if it's not harming you it's not your it's none of your business but i mean degeneracy does grow the state Mm -hmm. i'm sorry i'm sorry to tell people that degeneracy grows the state if you have people who have if you have people who have to um go into um you know use drugs to the point that they have to go into you know like a program most of those programs that they're going to go into not everybody can afford to go into the betty ford clinic and things like that you know where uh, they're going into state i mean it grows the state you know it's also like we um borders i mean that's the other thing it's like i used to be an open i have episodes I, and i left them up i have episodes where i argue for open borders you know they're in they're back in my catalog and you know, there are a lot of arguments about you know why you should have closed borders and hans Hermann hoppe god love him i love the guy you know he has these elaborate arguments about private how public property is actually the property of net taxpayers and things like that i'm just like look You're talking about Ancapistan. You're talking about building this libertarian society. Mm -hmm. And you're going to import people who don't know anything about that, don't want to know about that, and are immediately going to start using public resources, which grows the state. Are you retarded? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger.